The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hey, welcome. Nice to see everyone here. Um, <clears throat> so tonight is the fourth in a series of six um, on becoming unhindered, working with the five hindrances. And the five hindrances um, typically are listed in the following order. One, the first of them being um, greed or desire. Um, the second being ill will or aversion. So desire being the wanting energy that m- moves toward things and ill will or aversion being the energy that wants to push away or um, bat at. Um, <clears throat> okay. The third hindrance is... Um, called sloth and torpor, referencing um, energy in the body of kind of sluggishness and in the mind of the same kind of experience of uh, just not, your mind not really moving, not being clear, not being focused. Um, Restlessness and worry. So two words for the different, different experience of body and mind. Restless, unable to sit still. Right and worry the mind that is spinning and and creating lots of trouble for you and can't rest right and the fifth hindrance being doubt um, the sort of the lack of confidence the doubt in self the doubt in the practice um, the doubt in the teachings and the most um, concerning of those being a doubt in your ability to practice right because that can really um, discourage. Um, any sense of that wholesome desire to practice. Uh, The other simile that I really like that I'll repeat is um, each hindrance can be thought of as affecting the mind the way that different conditions affect a pond. So uh, a mind that is unhindered is a mind that is clear, that sees clearly. So you could look into a pond and see very crystal clear, right? You can see the light and the rocks and the fish and whatever else is in the pond. It's, it's all very clear to you. And a mind that is hindered is a mind that that clarity is affected. And each hindrance affects that clarity differently. So the hindrance of desire is like adding rose-colored dye to the pond. It changes the color, it changes how you see things, um, and it affects sort of um, your, you know, typically speaking, it affects how, how, like if you think of rose-colored glasses, looking at something in in this way that makes it look better than it is, Right? And ill will is likened to um, a pond that would be boiling water. So it's dangerous and hot and unsettled and you really can't see in. And if you get too close, you get burnt, right? And sloth and torpor is likened to a a pond um, that is full of algae, green, sludgy, mush, mush, (laughs) you know? It's... um, and a mind uh, with, affected by restlessness and worry is like um, a pond that is completely windswept so that the wind is stirring up the water and making it impossible to see clearly, right? And the mind of doubt is considered like a mind of mud, mud, 
completely thick and dark. Right. So um, our goal is to sort of become more familiar with these different, the presence of these different hindrances in our minds and to recognize them and to learn to work with them skillfully. Um, last week we talked about the hindrance of ill will. And um, I wanted to share just a little bit of a, a story um, about sort of, you know, ill will in its most extreme is like that boiling water, right? That is dangerous and hot. But in a subtle form of ill will might just be a sense of, um, of, of, not, of contraction and of not liking, not wanting, and um, and I had this experience the other day of I've been sick right from the flu and affected and and I woke up yesterday and it was like oh <laughs> I I feel compassion again I feel love again like I could feel that this something had lifted from my mind right there was this. Like, oh, it was right here. It was easy, right? Connecting with compassion and warmth was right there. And and I'd been walking around sort of just like, ugh. <laughs> you know? Like feeling like there was something sort of in the way, right? This Something sort of not allowing this to just naturally shine forth, right? This sense of connection. Um, so that's an example for me of a subtle form of ill will in the mind and how it can affect just what arises in us. So I wonder if anybody else had any reflections that they wanted to share. I think the homework this last week was um, an encouragement to spend time examining any aversions that might arise for you. Um, and just what you noticed. Does anybody have anything they'd like to share? And if so, please use the microphone. Um, I did experience some, I think it was ill will. I I felt something immediately in my body, Um, a tightening. and, And usually when that happens, I know something's going on. So I try to not, and I had a, there was a story there. And I tried to separate from the story and just kind of let that feeling be within my body. But then I kind of didn't know what to do with it. And what ended up happening, I mean, I started to concentrate more on my breathing. But then I, what happened was I ended up thinking about something else and it just went away. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, what does that tell you? I mean, that's actually quite lovely experience to notice. What does that tell you? Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Well, the thing that comes up for me is that one of the things that is skillful is if we, um, you know, shift our awareness away from what is bothering us. Sometimes all we need is a break. That it's just letting go and a putting our attention on the breath or just noticing, oh, there's this tension, um, is enough to have the hindrance dissipate. Sometimes that's all it takes. 
as opposed to fixating on your ideas about what's wrong and why and how it should be different. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. So you didn't know what to do and you didn't need to do anything other than what you were doing. (laughs) Feel free to join us in the circle if you'd like. Anybody else? Yeah. Well, um, when I was here last week, I was kind of anticipating. I knew I was going to be spending a weekend in close quarters with a presence that I knew was going to bring up this ill will. So I was kind of, I said, I'm going to really try, you know, try to be with it, try to really feel it. And, um, you know, I even had a chance to sort of sit and, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and really, and I don't know, this is kind of a general thing that I've been sort of grappling with. It, it's like when I, when I sit, it's like I, like everything kind of shuts down and I feel like, I don't know if I'm putting up a wall that kind of Say, I'm going to, this is my sort of peaceful place, and I'm going to keep it away. Um, because I knew I was sort of feeling the ill will, but once I was sitting, I, it was hard to sort of bring it in and really examine it and use the Bella and all that sort of stuff. And it really wasn't until I got back from the weekend and you know I was away from the presence that night I you know I had difficulty sleeping and, I, and and all of a sudden it was like now I was aware of the mm-hmm. my thoughts spinning and mm-hmm. I was reviewing everything that had happened over the weekend and just the ill will and and we were last week we were talking about how intoxicating can be you know I just wanted to go through everything that had happened over and over again so it's just it, it's 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 almost like I want to be able to capture some of these hindrances and bring them into my sitting but it's almost like they kind of for whatever reason they sort of live outside Mm -hmm. and live in my day to day Mm -hmm. yeah do you want to answer or respond Bernie Um, or do you want me to yes um You know what? What I, what I heard was from you, um, really describing describing your unique experience with it, and and how you practiced in the presence or, and in the absence of it, um, and and you know we can see what is the what is the impact, what is the intensity, and. Um, I, I think that as we go deeper into practicing, it becomes, you know, like, for example, the, med- the meditation of, of Bela or those actions, those actions that we also mention within the meditation, we can also incorporate them into our daily lives. And, and, and then, um, you know, there may be moments in which what what was present as a hindrance because we're present with it, it may not have the, as much as the intensity as it had before, but we become more skilled as we continue to practice. So I'm mentioning that because there is 
<clears throat> there, is, there is not a good or a bad experience of how we practice. It's just the experience and how we relate to it. Um, I would add that um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes when I sit down to meditate, it's just not easily, it's not pressing on me in the same way. And maybe I, I respect that my practice, is, you know, I respect what shows up as much as I can. So if I'm thinking about being in your situation, you know, meditation itself, one of the benefits of it is it's kind of a purification, a letting go, right? And if I'm in the middle of a situation where I'm with somebody that I'm struggling to be with, maybe I just need to let it go. <laughs> maybe I just need to, you know, kind of be able to breathe and not have to do this work, right, of the Bella, which can feel like more active work. Maybe this mind knows better, that it knows I just need to sit. I just need to, you know, breathe and be and show up for myself because I'm getting through something, right? So I would just say respect what, what is, is available. You can invite, you can recognize, and, and the hindrance when it's ready to, to kind of be seen more fully will make itself known. <laughs> Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Great. Hi, do you want to share something? I like the question. Can you use a, yeah. It's like a question. Okay. Uh, hold the mic up to your mind yeah. and push the button until it's green. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, Got to keep it up there. Yeah, all right. <laughs> like a rock star. <laughs> um, yeah, so my question is about um, yeah, dealing, dealing with the hindrances. And so um, I went through a couple years of my practice where I was reading a lot of books that were basically saying, you know, feel, the, feel it in your body and like kind of focus on it. Um, but when I, read, when I read Buddhist scripture it seemed like the buddha was saying something different where he had like a whole progression of ways to respond but the first way was like different ways of expressing it but like imagine you're like a a young person who's like likes to beautify themselves and like this hindrance is basically like this like rotting animal carcass around your neck like this really extreme like you don't want any part of it like just you know get rid of it you know you don't want to like you want to turn away from it or the like the idea of like the rotted, what's it called? Like the wood, you know, or the you know, little cylinder things that keep the yeah. When you're like doing woodworking and like you you join two wooden pieces. Oh, pegs. Yeah. <laughs> Words. Um, yeah, like the rotted peg. You like you just hammer it out with like one that uh-huh. works, one that is good, um, and that seemed to be maybe mirroring. You know your experience where you have like a, a hindrance coming up, and the solution is is just to not engage, to like just do something else, just redirect, or like your dog is doing something bad, like you're playing with the toy. You know, it's like, um, so I guess in terms of dealing with the hindrances, like how much is it is like just going head on like at the hindrance, and how much of it is it is just let's just in this moment just turn and just do something a little bit more beneficial. Yeah. So actually, it's um, that's a uh, good good question and segue into um, also just opening up to tonight's topic, which is desire or greed. And 
<clears throat> I think the first thing I want to say is um, that um, these are natural experiences that come up, right? All of the hindrances are natural things to arise. And so um, to me, what's been important is to, to cultivate a, a wise relationship to the hindrance when it arises. And my response is different at different times and in different settings, right? And that if I'm, you know, on a meditation retreat, then my response is one thing. And if I'm in daily life and I need to deal with daily life things, my responses may be different. Um, and um, so a lot of the sort of more extreme measures, um, you know, maybe those are reserved for extreme moments, right? And, some, and, and that you, uh, we, I, I know I had, it took me a while to get to know my own mind and that my mind, if I initially, when I would work with myself in meditation, if I came on too strong, I got pushed back harder. Like, whatever it was that I was trying to control or change in my mind literally would have, it's like its own energy. And it was like something inside of me fighting back, right? And resisting. Like, I could literally feel this clamping down or this refusal. And so, for me, the skillfulness um, became a much gentler approach, even to something that... um, was not a skillful mind state. I needed to have skillfulness in approaching the unskillful mind state. So I think part of it is getting to know your own mind, right? And, and to notice and to learn um, from your, your own experience in the setting. Is that answering, I mean, is that answering you in a way that feels useful? I, th- I think so, yeah. I mean, and I guess in terms of relating to my experience, which is like kind of more the reason for the 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 form is um that's been working for me lately is, is more like instead of trying to solve it like a problem which yeah. i feel like i wasted a lot of time yeah. doing that is it just more like just kind of sweeping it away yeah. and saying like i'm just going to focus on my breath yeah beautiful yeah yeah i think the pay attention to what works right and we don't want to do spiritual bypassing Right, so pay attention to what works in the moment, and then a little bit later, and then a little bit later, because these things will come back up again. And so, if if we don't work with them in a skillful way, they will be back. Right, and so um, if it keeps coming back and back, it's a suggestion to me that I need to turn and look a little bit more closely. So, um, so tonight's hindrance is desire, and. Um, the the um, I just want to say a couple of short little things, and then we're going to go right into a guided Bella meditation. Um, but I want to first say that desire um, is that there is no, as far as I'm concerned, um, there's no no. <laughs> Bruni agrees. We're not in any way suggesting you should be living a life without desire. The, uh, desire is absolutely essential part of being a human being, living a life. We need it. It's not a problem, right? So it's with motivations and wants and and um, aspirations. We need desire for to have these things to move and function in our life. 
So um, the, the thing that we want to really work on or look at is that some desires are really healthy and supportive or appropriate or wholesome, and some aren't. So one of the main goals here is to try and help us figure out for ourselves what are healthy desires and what are unhealthy desires for ourselves. Okay? And, um, and that when we find a healthy desire, we actually want to support it. Right? So when we want to offer compassion to other people, it's a really healthy desire. We really want to support and nurture and encourage that. Right? When we want to abandon suffering, that's a beautiful desire. That's, that's, and that's, that's not something we need to get rid of, right? So what, um, what we're more concerned about is um, healthy and unhealthy. And when our relationship to the desire interferes with our ability to stay present, when we are really obsessed or driven or ruminating or kind of constantly sort of fixated on something, I would suggest that it's probably something in there that's not so healthy. It's a hindrance to being present, to seeing clearly, right? So um, I'll say more a little bit later, but um, I'll leave, I'll end and then let Bruni transition into the guided meditation with this little um, roomy quote from a poem um, where he's talking about desire. And he says, um, I have a thirsty fish in me that can never find enough of what it's thirsty for. (laughs) And that's, you know, getting to the hindrance, right? That energy that can really drive us and, and destroy our peace and our ease. All right. Okay. So let's um, take a posture, an alert and relaxed posture to establish our mindfulness, our presence here. A posture of dignity and posture that supports you. Becoming aware of your body sitting, body sitting, body breathing. Feeling the contact, sensing the contact of the chair with the body, your feet with the floor. Being aware of breathing in and breathing out. Sensing how the breath moves through your body.
there's any area of tension, maybe becoming aware and maybe relaxing it a little bit, maybe the shoulders or the belly. And as you're sitting here now, see if you can bring to mind any things you want to or you tend to get caught in fantasy about or that you daydream about. Or just maybe something that you want just a little throughout your day, maybe after eating, having an extra cookie, or maybe buying an extra pair of shoes, or Anything that you can engage to spend more time doing. Just taking a moment to bring it to mind while being here aware And breathing in and breathing out. We start with the B, letter B of Bella, which is just being. Being here with the experience of desire. Sensing it. Feeling it in the body. Maybe recognizing it and say, yes, desire. Where does it feel in the body? Just being, being with it. Letting it flow 
freely. Not being against or in favor, but just letting the desiring experience flowing freely through you. Breathing in and breathing out, we bring the letter E of examine. Examine how does desire arise or how did it arose in you? Maybe sensing if there is any tension in any part of the body in relation to your desire. Maybe even examining if there's any tension of not wanting the desire, an undesirable desire, any tension about that. Maybe now taking a careful look at the object of your desire. Is it everything you think it is? Is there something underneath the desire?
Now as you're looking into your desire, maybe in a gentle and deliberately, in a gentle way and in deliberate way, maybe start moving into turning away your attention from your desire by applying a little bit more energy or more diligence into turning away from your desire and don't let it distract you from being here. And as you do that, you're moving into the lessening aspect of the Bella meditation lessening. Lessening the the strength of the hindrance, the desire. And see how does it feel in your body. Again, letting the experience flow in freely. And now moving into the L, the second L of Bella letting go as you turn away your attention from your object of desire bring also any awareness of any feelings that arise from you for you Maybe cultivating a sense of contentment and appreciation for what you already have. Before even wanting in a very strong way this desire.
And as you continue practicing with the letting go gently, moving into the A of Bella, appreciating. Appreciating maybe the absence of the hindrance. Appreciating maybe a taste of freedom. Maybe a sense of ease. So, Bella, just been examining the object of your hindrance, examining how does it impact you, the experience itself, lessening, letting go, and appreciate. It's easier to say it than to just see it, everything happening, right? But it, it's, it is possible. It is possible. So, um, so what effect does desire have on your body and your mind after going through the meditation Maybe, where is the microphone? Oh, so maybe we can pass it around and you're welcome to share, you're welcome to pass. Just know that, you know, it's just for, to have an opportunity. Any effect on your body and mind? Is green? Okay. Uh. I was experiencing aversion and desire. Oh, I was experiencing aversion and desire kind of at the same time. Mm. And that was interesting. That I 
want the thing to not want the thing at the same time. It's very confusing. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, what I what I noticed is when it went into the examining and when you mentioned the feeling was it was a lot of tension in my shoulders in terms of the trying to control like the the I I saw my desire but it was also kind of what he stated was like trying to the the push and pull against it and the the resistance that was being created by that that's that's what I noticed in my body. Um, I, I have the same experience um, when you mentioned about undesirable desire. Um, I think that's exactly what I was experiencing. Um, when you said bring the desire into your body or into your mind, and I try to, but then at the same time my mind tries to push it away and it doesn't want it. Um, so when that happened, what I notice in my body is the anxiety and the tension in my heart. This is this is great to see, you know, that you can be aware of the object, you know, naming the desire and also seeing the impact that it has in your body and mind. That's that's wonderful. What else? Um, it seems sometimes that. Um the desire and aversion are kind of two different sides of the coin. Um, at least for me, like in one particular instance, something I wanted but can't have, so I tend to push that as a person to push it away, right? Um, and uh, uh, this didn't happen just now, but during the, the week, um, I finally came to grips, I think, with this. And what I noticed when I was meditating was um, once I became okay with it, um, the absence of all this stuff was very, I, I kind of got this really light feeling uh, in my body and just it was a really kind of a joyful thing. Um, so I don't know. That's what I can say about it. But. Um, interestingly, like I didn't really have any desires right now during this meditation and I couldn't produce them or I couldn't produce the strength of them. So I noticed that although I do have desires, but it's the strength of it that varies and it's intermittent, um, you know, want, uh, or the hindrances in general, desire being one of them. So I can't just reproduce it. It comes and goes on its own. Mm -hmm. Right now, I wasn't feeling any particular hindrance, the strength of it. I was feeling some physical tension, but I don't think that's related to the hindrances. I'm just feeling a little discomfort and tension in my lower back. However, outside of this session, this room now, in real life, or even I'm trying to meditate at home, or just even when not meditating, when I 
do notice a hindrance, let's say I notice a desire or aversion or obsessive thinking as a result of the desire or aversion, um, any time I ever try, so I know a lot of the meditation teachers, including you, suggest noticing it in the body, paying attention to see where that thinking or feeling or whatever is in your body. For the life of me, I just cannot notice it anywhere in my body. The only time I ever notice any feeling in my body is it has to be super strong, like off the scale, like off the scale anger or off the scale sadness. I mean, really off the scale. That's the only time I feel it in my body. Normally, and that doesn't happen often, thankfully. <laughs> it's a very rare occurrence. Uh, normally, I just can't. And I don't know what to do. It's like I scan my body. Where is it in my body? It's not in my body. It's all up here. When, when you had asked to focus on a desire, I felt as if um, I had so many, then I had to kind of think about which one I want to really focus it on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and once I was able to pinpoint that, I realized to myself it's just a thought, and it kind of just went away with other thoughts I had throughout the day. And then I had to focus back on my desire. So it just kind of... Then I realized that my desire may not be really a desire it might just be a thought and and so it was kind of it was hard for me to kind of focus in on that throughout the process for me i echo a lot what other people said but for me um my issue was when you were doing i felt very overwhelmed by the desire that i was focusing on and what you were saying, the extremes, it, ha it has to be something that... So I felt really dizzy, and I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. So I opened my eyes, and I just had to ground myself, and then just go back in and just focus on my breathing. So it's that push and pull and not feeling so overwhelmed because you're sort of the emotions take over. And then it's not just desires, the sadness and the fantasy and all that other stuff. And so you need to just kind of step back and just go back to breathing. Um, I felt the desire like kind of here and like in my throat a little bit. And, you know, sometimes it was desire for things to be a certain way. And sometimes it was a desire, you know, for things to not be a certain way. And um, I also kind of, light point was that I also noticed I was kind of in the middle of like kind of having this, this tension and um, noticed like a little smile on my face. And it was kind of like, you know, when you're in a conversation and like there's like a heavy moment or an awkward moment or whatever and then someone makes a joke and then everybody laughs. And um, it's just like, oh, well, you know, it's not so bad. It's, it's not so hard. Uh, so that was nice. I'm feeling pretty uh, centered and calm this evening. Uh, and so when you asked, to, asked us to look for something in the body... Um, I didn't really feel too much, but one thing, the one uh, hindrance that is always with, seem, or not too far from me, if it's not in, in me at the moment, is um, um, daydreaming, fantasy. And so my short answer is I'm not sure, but what I 
experienced when I said to myself, okay, they're asking, so let's, um, let's let things go, um, thoughts and thoughts go. My head became very heavy. I could not keep my head up, and I had to meditate with my head down for a moment, uh, well, for, for a couple of minutes. Uh, and this happens to me from time to time. Uh, I don't know whether they're related, but this does happen to me from time to time. And then after a few minutes, I'm back and I can my head, lift my head up and go on. So I'm going to keep an eye on whether they're related. So this evening, um, well, in the last day or two, I've been dealing with some new back pain um, and I guess I was concentrating on just wanting to be free of this pain, mm. which is why I was um, lying down while meditating. And so I, um, is this maybe instead trying to, trying to just avoid pain versus really concentrating on a desire, except, you know, I desire to have comfort. So mm -hmm. um, anyway, that's where I am. Great. Thank you. I've come here pretty much straight from work and uh, am carrying um, recent events from work with me in my mind uh, tonight. So a lot of those were kind of going through my head as... Mm -hmm. Uh, as we had the the sitting, um, so don't feel very focused, I guess, at this point. But um, as far as any kind of desire, um, I had desires about things I'd like to change uh, in my life, and um, then the more I thought about it, is like, well, like, what what is change? Is it um, uh, something drastic, or is it something that's kind of in incremental things that we change in our life to 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 get to where we want to get to. Mm. Um, but uh, I guess that is, is, is kind of where I got with desire tonight. It's like I desire like a, a certain end goal. Um, but sometimes I um, felt myself kind of reevaluating re what that really meant. Um, I was able to think of a desire... Um, but the feeling in my body was the same as ill will, <laughs> mm. the same tension going on. But then all of a sudden I got very warm where I thought, oh, did I put on too many clothes? Is the heater on? Or what's going on? Or, but then once the meditation was over and I was sitting here, I was going, well, I'm cool now. So something was happening. Mm. I think I'm realizing I have a very complicated relationship with desire. Uh, <laughs> I both had the feeling of resistance to the idea of getting away from it, and at least at an intellectual level, felt that response. And then I was, I was trying to tap into a desire, I really felt like I couldn't. Like, I don't know if I allow myself to desire very often. Um, but then I realized that one desire I always have is sort of a compulsion for productivity and that's mm -hmm. not a desire that feels very good but it's a desire that 
is about getting away from restlessness and agitation. It sort of mm. becomes a compulsion to... I mean, I, I feel a satisfaction from the ticking off the to-do list. So there is that desire to have that experience. And then, so then what I got to is that that that's about trying to get to some, desiring something out of myself from, um, and so I focused in on just being without the desire to get away from distress or without something that would just to, to help make me feel better. And then I got into a real peaceful state of just being with myself. Um, well, I was a little too sleepy to be able to really focus very well when we were doing when you were doing the guided meditation. I I noticed I did notice when I when I was able to tension in my mouth and jaw and that's pretty common with a lot of different things but just in listening to people and thinking about desire as it operates in my mind I've had a lot of aversion but one of the things I happens a lot is I want my desire is to be able to move something forward and one of the reasons I like knitting is because this little sort of incrementally moving it forward, but you can see that it is moving forward usually. And there's a lot of things in my life where I'm not seeing it moving forward or where I'm feeling anxious. And so my desire is to get a response back, to get the call back, to know, okay, is am I moving more towards where I'm going and and really the desire is to hmm. a lot around getting rid of anxiety. Hmm. Thank you. A lot of experience with desire in here. <laughs> um, I think we should break into small groups. Um, so let's do groups of three. So uh, just move yourselves around and um, maybe make sure you have at least one new, if not two new people in your small group. All right? Introduce yourselves. Yes, please share your names. Okay. All right. Take, so take a minute to take a deep breath. Yeah. And what feels like a natural question for me at this point, given all that you've shared, is to take a little time, um, one at a time. So we'll have one person sharing and two people listening, right? Um, Take a little time to explore 
the idea of when is desire wholesome or helpful, useful in your life? And when does it feel like it's not helpful or destructive or painful or difficult for you? So um, you'll have three minutes to, to really explore right now. And you just get to, you're, everybody's going to hold the space with you. You know, as you speak, the silence of the others is there to hold, help you hold your attention and your awareness and your experience. Right, and this is your time to really allow the mind to explore and and um, sort of this idea of when is desire wholesome and helpful, and when is it unhelpful and unwholesome for you. So the person with the um, longest hair will start tonight. Please begin. So just take a second and notice your posture. Notice your that's right. That, great. So notice your body. Okay. And take a deep breath and bring your awareness inside and come back to a centered experience of just feeling your body, feeling your breath and letting your experience, what you shared or what you heard, just giving it space to be felt for a minute. And please open your eyes, make eye contact, and go in um, clock, I mean clockwise. Whoever's next would be clockwise. Please proceed and share for you your reflections on when desire is supportive, skillful, helpful, and unhelpful, hurtful, difficult for you. Please begin. Okay, notice again. Feel the energy. Allow it to have some space to be seen, felt, known. Maybe take a moment to appreciate the things that you heard here. Exploration. The journey. I'm just inviting it all to settle like a snow globe, letting the little snowflakes come to stillness. Maybe feeling the breath. 
and taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Making eye contact with your mates. And I have uh, little different um, instructions for this next round. So I'm going to give you a a question. And um, what I'd like is to invite you to go around and each answer, but only sharing one small idea at a time. So the question or the exploration is to share what things are behind or drive or underneath the unhelpful desires in your life. So for example, maybe you know, feeling pain and wanting to feel better. That would be about as many words as you would share. And just say that and then pause and let the next person share what comes up for them. And pause. And the next person shares what comes up for them. And just continue around in the circle in this way for three minutes. Okay? Please begin. Because of time, um, I think what I'd like to ask you to do right now is to stay in your groups and each share um, something that you're going to take away from this discussion tonight that will be helpful for you in working with desire. So just one, one idea each. Um, if you could share that with each other, that would be great. Please, please proceed. Ah, fill your bodies, fill your minds. Maybe just smile and look at each other for a moment. (laughs) All right. And just go ahead and move your chairs, you know, just um, turn toward the center. You don't have to make a circle, a perfect circle, but we're going to just sort of wrap it up here. So I'm going to turn it over to Bruni. summarizing summarizing you know in terms of what we covered tonight if if there's anything let's see is there anything else that came up in your circle that you would like to to share anything else that came up in terms of um working or practicing with desire. Anything else? Okay. So just to summarize what we cover in terms of how we practice with it, and maybe this also will maybe give you an opportunity to to see if there's anything else there for you. So, number one, we, after becoming present with what is happening, we apply um, ourselves more diligently and apply a little bit more energy um, into 
seeing what is, you know, what is the desire. And if it is too strong and we need to turn away, apply energy to see what is, what is skillful, what is wholesome in that moment when we're practicing with this uh, hindrance. Um, we also examine our experience, our subjective experience. What, how does it feel in the body? Are there any feelings underneath? Are there any ideas or beliefs? You know. So we look at we look at the desire. Then we also look at our experience. Um, and again, we look at how much energy, <clears throat> how much energy, and how how much diligence we need to put into it when we're looking at it. Um, and then, this is, this is the one that I really love, um, is the acknowledgement of any well-being that comes from, um, that comes when we see how the hindrance is, is letting go, you know, is, is, is how we see that is noticing the absence of it, when we see the, not, the absence of it, um, that appreciation of well-being. So is there anything, anything else that you want to share before we move into our final seat? Any comments, desires, protests, (laughs) celebrations? So in our group, we talked about um, the the layering that desire is it sometimes embedded within desires, and sometimes you mm-hmm. have to open multiple layers to so maybe the first one is not it. There is more, and then there is more. And actually, that just made me think of um, a recent talk by Gil about Hartwood. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. Layering, yeah. Anyway. Yes. It's great. Thank you. Anything else? Well, I, did, I did have a question. Yes. So, towards the end of, of Bella, when you're saying, you know, can we apply more energy to move away from it, move away from the desire? Mm-hmm. Are we moving away back to our breath? Or, you know, I. Um, in terms of, of, of actually sitting, or is the idea to practice with, I'm experiencing this, but I'm going to not be, not have my meditation sort of um, owned by being in that place? Yes. Is that the idea? Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So let's take our posture to have a few minutes of sitting together. Or do you want to say something else, Tanya? No, that's all. Okay. Yeah, let's take becoming aware of this moment 
of your posture, of this body. Noticing the body breathing. Being in your alert and relaxed and dignified posture. Receiving whatever shows up for you without pushing it or pulling it. Just being present for it. And if there is a strong experience maybe in the body or in the mind, it's okay, we, we recognize it and maybe we just skillfully see what, what is helpful for our meditation now. Maybe we can say, I see you and maybe later. I see you more, but now I'm coming back to my breathing. Or coming back just to be present, being here right now. Appreciating the efforts that you made to come here tonight. Appreciating the fruits of your practice.
appreciating this pond of your life sometimes have different ways of being Recognizing any any feelings or any thoughts that come and go. In their own time. the benefits of your practice spread to you and to all beings you interact with everywhere without exception spread to everywhere and anyone anyone There's the handout on desire in the middle of the circle. So if you don't have one, please take one if you want. Thank you.